Good morning. I'm Andrea Stevens, and I'm glad to be with you here at SJL Daily. We continue through Paul's letter to the Romans, landing today at chapter 8, which is overflowing with the beauty of the once and for allness of what the Lord has done for us. Well, there's so much in this chapter. I don't want us to miss a thing. So we're going to try to take the scenic route through most of the chapter and stop at the end to savor the view. Well, we come to chapter 8 through chapter 6 and 7, where Paul acknowledges that we are indeed no longer slaves to sin, yet we're still in a war. Though we've been set free from the law of sin and death, we still find it at work in what he calls our members, our earthly bodies, our sin nature. The battle rages on, so what are we to do? This brings us to chapter 8 and the glorious therefore that we find in the very first verse. That there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He has settled it. Jesus has the final word. Our sins do not and will not count against us. And they cannot separate us from him. We are not slaves but sons. Children of God. Heirs of the Father's magnificent inheritance. We're co-heirs with Jesus. And any spirit of fear has been replaced by the spirit of sonship that enables us to to approach him as Abba, Father, Daddy. The Holy Spirit, our advocate and counselor, he's our help. And when we don't know how to pray or we can't find the words, he himself prays prayers that are perfectly aligned with the will of the Father, often in groanings too deep for words. Then there's verse 28. The often quoted and nearly too good to be true promise that tells us that when we are in a loving relationship with the Lord, He will work all things together for good. And all here means all. He will gather the pieces of our broken and sin-scarred lives and weave them together into something beautiful that will not only benefit us, but bring glory to His name. And that just as we are called, we find in verse 29, we're also foreknown and predestined and justified and glorified. So our destiny is to be conformed into his likeness so that many more will be welcomed into his kingdom and his family. All this brings us to the end of the chapter when Paul sums it all up with the inexpressible love of God. Let's read together verses Verse 35 and then verses 37 to 39 together. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Well, friends, as we look back at all these promises in Romans 8, what can we specifically glean for us on this day? Well, if we ever doubt the love of our Lord, we just need to look at Romans 8 and the cross where Jesus was ripped to shreds so that our sin And even our propensity towards sin would never keep us from him. When we feel like God is standing far off with his arms crossed, thinking, well, you've confessed that same sin one too many times. That's it. You've reached your limit. 
Well, we've got to remember that absolutely nothing can put a wedge between us and the love of Jesus. That even his conviction of our sin is an expression of his love to help us walk with him free and forgiven. We can rest in our identity as his beloved, knowing that we've been called to be molded, chiseled into the image of his son, to be transformed at our very core to be more like him. Well, okay, how do we do that? Do we just try super hard to do the right things, dig deep and try really hard not to sin? Well, our willpower just isn't strong enough to change our hearts, but the Holy Spirit is. And in his power, he will bring true transformation in Christ's likeness. And he'll bring it through the word and teaching in the context of authentic community where iron can sharpen iron and through our habits our, or our spiritual disciplines. Now, don't get scared. Spiritual disciplines don't bring heart change themselves, but they put us in the position for the spirit to work. It's kind of like the gardener tills and amends the soil. Spiritual habits can create an environment for growth. So while my willpower can't change me, maybe it can get me out of bed earlier in the morning to to be with my Lord and invest in habits like prayer and solitude and Sabbath, meditating on his word so that the spirit can do the heart work. And as we pray, can we recall that in this chapter, the second and third members of the Trinity are praying to the first on our behalf I wonder what they're praying. And as we pray, might we think a little less of praying to them and a little more of joining our voices to the prayers that they are already praying. And then as we leave this place, we can leave with the confidence that no matter what we face, the Lord will recycle every detail of our lives, large and small, according to his good plan. We can rest in him. We can abandon the outcomes can loosen our grips on our circumstances so that we can wrap our arms around his waist and hold on tight. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Spirit, we rejoice in your words to us today in Romans 8. We marvel that your love is liberating and restoring. It's transforming. It's inseparable and immeasurable and unsearchable. Oh Lord, help us today to stop during our busy day and drink it in. In Christ's name, amen.